and welcome everyone. Thank you so much for joining for our 63rd, <laughs> by now already, um, session here on Battery Evolution or Battery Insiders podcast. Very delighted to have you with us here. And feel free to also introduce yourself in the chat if you're listening to live recording, or of course, if you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Big welcome to you as well. Today, we're delighted to have two um, fantastic speakers with us. On Maria and Marius, I'll quickly introduce them in a the moment. We're going to talk about battery value chains, um, also with their experience with Catena X, and really kind of one of these few initiatives and how to you know close the gap between different stakeholders and how can we really uh, bring bring things together and maybe also introduce more circularity, etc., in these topics as well. And yeah, we got two speakers today. That's also unique in some way. Often we have one, but today we'd like to have two. Um, as I mentioned earlier, one we have Dr. Maria Fay, um, who is currently at SAP and is the sustainability, sustainability and Incubation Director over there. Furthermore, we also got um, another speaker with us, Marius Paul, who has been um, also with, the, he was the CEO of LRP Auto Recycling um, for over four years or so, um, which I think is really fascinating as well from a recycling end, um, but also has been a member of the guidance board KMU at Catena X Automotive Network, as well as also Maria. She also is involved in the Catena X as well. So both of them have quite a bit of a range of experience. We're delighted to have them with us and sharing the experience and also in general the topics. So with this, maybe we could start with Maria, maybe just if you could introduce yourself a bit, maybe also how you got into this topic um, of, of, you know, maybe now batteries, but also um, supply chain, cutting eggs, etc. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the invitation and for the introduction, Simon, and hello, everybody. Um, yeah, so as, uh, as mentioned, I'm with SAP and uh, actually, you know, well, I've been in consulting already for a few years uh, before Let's say I have moved into the area of sustainability and circular economy, which I find fascinating, especially um, since I joined the Catena X program, which is a really huge initiative. It, um, it is really amazing how many you know, companies are in one value chain and at the same time, how much do they actually sometimes lack information. Um, and especially in the context of batteries and in the context of circular economy each time you know we talk about it to different companies we hear that uh, it would have been it would have been great to have information on material composition on production data and so on then i could take different decisions on what can i do with them with a certain component actually my focus is not only batteries but everything around the secondary materials and components um, so yeah, I find that um, the discussion today would definitely bring a lot of a lot of value, hopefully also to you. And uh, handing over to Mar Marius. Thank you very much, Maria. Thank you, and thank you, Simon. Yeah, my name is Marius Paul. I'm 30 years old now. Um, I worked the last four years for my family company, I would call it like this, for the family business. I joined the company four years ago and had the opportunity to join the Catena X network um, when it started. Uh, it was code at the moment when we joined still Automotive Alliance. It was more a consortium of some companies and um, I got a call from BMW and they were they talked about this 
crazy consortium that got together and who wanted to shape the digital future. And um, yeah, first I expected that all the people that are telling me the stories about a closed loop uh, digital chain um, that they're totally crazy and this will never happen. But um, somehow they figured it out. And yeah, here I am today talking with you guys and um, I'm very happy to be here and hope we can figure out some interesting topic for you guys. Great. Thank you so much. And also for anybody who's curious, I also put the link for Katina X in the chat as well. So anybody can look there or you can also look at it in the show notes because yeah, there's quite a bit. I think you might want to look at it. And of course, there's a lot to be shared as well. Thank you already, Maria and Maris, for this quick introduction. And maybe now we can start a bit also um, yeah, we'll be exploring some topics. And of course, we want to make this interactive as well. So anybody here listening live, feel free to also put your questions in the chat. Or we can also raise them then to, to discuss them as well. I think in the in the discussion before, also we looked at different kind of you know different stakeholders and different steps in the battery value chain. Um, and why maybe you know the data exchange can be quite important here again is Katina X right it's a lot about um, exchange and of course there's also other organizations out there um, like you know the little battery lines for example your battery powers and a lot of other initiatives which I think are doing important work as well but maybe also here in the context of this um, automotive network and Katina X um, Maria you could also maybe share a bit about um, you know maybe some of the what are some of the uh, most prominent topics where people are interested in exchange. I think we spoke about cathode materials before and others like that. So just curious, maybe what are some of your learnings? What are maybe the strongest drivers for exchange where people are willing to actually share data? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it's important to understand in general that Catena X is more than just about batteries. So indeed, Catena X is an automotive industry network and data ecosystem that is um, building on several principles like um, data sovereignty, interoperability, and so on. Um, so there are really multiple topics that um, we tackle within the program. So one of them being, for instance, traceability of materials, another one being circular economy. So this is where I am originally, let's say, coming from. So everything around closing the loops and what is needed in order to make sure that at the end of um, a life cycle of a component or of a whole vehicle, those materials are not lost, but that they are being reused, remanufactured, refurbished. And of course, in order to make it happen, somebody in the end of life cycle, which is often, um, let's say, a workshop, um, a dismantler, recycling company, and they need information on what is actually in the car, uh, what are the components, what is uh, the battery, say, made of, chemical characteristics, maybe carbon footprint, um, state of health, and many other, um, let's say, details or data points. Um, that are crucial for recyclers. And I guess Marius can pick up on that, uh, definitely to share his um, first-hand experience. Um, however, this data, it's not just, you know, lying there. <laughs> it needs to be shared within, in the same format. So companies in the whole network basically need to agree that um, weight is measured, I don't know, in kilos and not in grams or in tons. Um, 
and state of how state of health is measured, how CO um, footprint, sorry, uh, product carbon footprint is measured, and so this is basically what KTNX is working on. Also, um, such standards um, uh, agreeing on certain data models so that this information. And if we talk about battery, of course, battery pass uh, contains. Uh, really um, huge amount of crucial information that it's all um, being shared in the let's say proper data sovereign way so that um, a pr the company that is in the beginning of a life cycle that is producing maybe a cathode active material um, that they share it with a battery producer that is being shared with the uh, further with the recycler and so on so it's um, really a lot of components. Those are multiple components that are involved. Uh, and I think that's what makes it exciting. So Marius, maybe you could share on the, the perspective, what is important in the end of the life cycle? What do you need to know about batteries? Yeah, thank you, Maria. So maybe I have to um, go a little bit back again and maybe I will explain you explain you first what was my my challenge or what was my problem to solve at my old company at the LAP. When you look at small and medium enterprises, then you look at companies they have allowed uh, ha have not an own IT um, they don't have a CIO, they don't have like the knowledge to to do data exchange and stuff. The most of the times that are smaller companies that are mostly family businesses in Germany, it's like this, um, and they take care about the whole dismantling process of a car right now in Germany or all over Europe, it's pretty much the same. Um, and when you look at these companies, they don't have a high technology, uh, a high technology, technology level of uh, of IT infrastructure, I would call it. Uh, I would call it like this, and it's very um, hard for them to even track or make it traceable what they have in their stock, um, uh, uh, and also what can they um, made make out of it. So for us, uh, the problem to solve was pretty much to get informations that are in the automotive chain and they got lost on the way to the dismantling process. Somehow, somewhere, somehow, um, we, we first have all the informations from the car and we get less and less all over the life cycle. And when we get a car, we don't really have more than a VIN number and the car was in front of us, but we never, never really had the information. Um, if there is like a diesel uh, engine inside of it, or uh, if there are any parts that have a value for maybe other stakeholder, stakeholders as well, or when we look at uh, critical raw materials, for example, for the catalysator, we never really could track how much uh, rhodium, uh, platine um, is really inside uh, of it. So this was a little bit critical because it was always a bet when we bought a car. And when we look now at the process of the battery material, we really need to know what kind of material is inside the car 
how much value we can expect out of it. And to bring the battery to the right recycling process, uh, we need the information along the value chain for it uh, to get in touch with the right recycling processes. And this was the, uh, um, and this can Catena X fix because Catena X can bring all these informations together and make it very, very easy for small and medium enterprises to get the right information, to scale the business up. And uh, this is very hard for small and medium enterprises because normally they don't have the funding for like the whole software uh, that you normally need to make this possible. Um, when I when I talk about small and medium enterprises, uh, even we were small and medium enterprises at the LAP. Um, we dismantled about 12,000 cars a year. And even for us, it was really challenging to build up software uh, software that could fix these problems. And uh, with the initiative, uh, with the battery pass that will come in the future, um, what we can gain from the Katina X network, we will be able to reduce uh, the material that we really have to throw away. We can uh, we can look if we can bring the batteries for a second use, for a reuse to maybe a different company, maybe for a solar panel. Um, and we really help to get the sustainability uh, in the car in the right loop. Because at the moment, when I look, at the last year of my uh, of my work at the LAP, there were very less of uh, high voltage battery cars that came uh, came into this process. They went somewhere else. They went to different countries to get repaired and stuff. And it was very critical for us to even get to this input uh, uh, to this input in our company. And we really hope that when we can close the loops closer and closer, um, that we will be able to collect more material and get a, a higher value material out of it. Because when we understand what's inside of it, we can really make the processes better and better. Great. Thank you very much for sharing both, I think, interesting perspectives already. And maybe just to follow up a bit on this, because I think, I mean, also my hours and Maria, I think, you, you know, you give a lot of reasons like why something like this can make sense, but also maybe some of the challenges, right? Because of course, data exchange also, uh, maybe someone doesn't want to change with each other all the information. I'm just curious, kind of, yeah, what you have seen on this regard. So has this been a big challenge maybe with other stakeholders? Do people concerned about what they want to share or how you build up maybe the different layers, right? Kind of what is being shared. Well, it's um, different for each, let's say, piece of data or data model, of course. Um, so we are definitely not talking any personal data. So everything is just really on the level of um, certain, let's say, components and so on, um, or bills of materials. And um, each company is um, basically the owner of their data. So with, um, within Catena, within the standards, what is being defined are uh, data models. So you um, say that each company that would like to, let's stay at the example of weight, I think it's a really easy one, 
um, that they need to have it as an integer type and type and um, measured in kilos, not in tons, not in grams. Um, the same, I mean, with um, maybe amount of lithium in a battery or nickel. Uh, the same with the um, um, state of health. That it's all same format. Um, so this is, of course, this of course means that companies um, that are providing the data, they also need to ensure that um, the data is being transformed into the right format before sharing. So this is a um, um, certain effort. Um, of course, also um, within Catena X that is building on the principle of actually a large European data system, Gaia X, um, there are um, really multiple mechanisms to ensure that the uh, data is not, you know, um, um, influencing some uh, uh, competitive processes. So if um, you're an OEM, you would like to share your data maybe only with your customer and with your supplier, not with your competitor. And uh, this is really being achieved through multiple mechanisms such as uh, access pol policies, user roles and so on. So, I mean, it's of course work, <laughs> something that we have been um, deeply engaged with since uh, it's now multiple months or even years. But this is um, something that really guarantees or makes sure that companies can sleep well <laughs> or can uh, share uh, their data without, um, without any concerns because um, we have hopefully thought of uh, all of the situations and implemented the right mechanisms. Yeah, Marius, maybe there are some other topics that you see. Yeah, um, I mean, it's always the question about trust and um, Katina X uh, is a lot about trust. It's about trust into each other, it's about trust into work with each other, but um, it's mainly about security as well, that you are completely in control of your own data and really you decide um, with who you want to exchange these data. When I look at my personal view, I always struggled a little bit in the beginning because um, I thought, oh, when somebody else would have my data, this would be critical for my business case. But um, I got more and more the understanding that data is just data and you don't have the knowledge behind it. Um, and, and when you don't have the knowledge behind it, you don't lose your business. You can make it better when you exchange data and you're maybe not your competitors, but um, your direct uh, colleagues um, or companies that you work with understand your process and maybe what's uh, what's hard for you um, to track then you get a better understanding for each other and you can help each other better out and I think this is very important to understand do I really like this that I have to share my data maybe not at all maybe not but um, do I think it's necessary to challenge the future uh, that we have in front of us? Totally yes. And uh, this, is, this is a process. This is a process that we have to go now with the Cantina X 
um, consortia and the initiative because we have to show that we that the data is safe and you really are your own boss about your data and uh, when we can show this and can build up this trust into into the whole automotive chain then i think we are just in front of completely new business cases, even through the battery value chain as well. Um, when we look at the critical raw materials, we really have to figure out new processes um, because otherwise we will not able to produce in the future. Everybody knows about uh, the critical raw materials uh, and we really have to solve this. And um, maybe here's a good opportunity to uh, break up new business business cases. Yeah, I think those, um, maybe just to add up on this, uh, Maris, I think it's an excellent point about trust. And indeed, it's the value uh, that can really create positive business impact for each particular company. Um, it's uh, the largest, let's say, the most important motivator for everybody to, uh, to proceed, let's say. Thanks for sharing. And maybe could you maybe expand a bit on some of these business cases, which could be put, or like potential what you maybe have seen people are exploring, etc. So I think maybe also be interesting for others. Um, yeah, Marius, would you like to start this time? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, um, we worked at Katina X at something that's called like uh, this dismantling dashboard. Um, for us, it was important to get a better understanding what kind of material is in the car, because then we could get to different, uh, we could make up different recycling processes. And uh, when we looked at the recycling processes, we noticed that like every recycling process is already there, but we could not really identify the, the, the different materials inside of the car. And so we built it up this dismantling dashboard and we could identify via a VIN number all the material what's it's inside what was inside the car and we could um, we could not change completely uh, the the workflow but we could get better on the status quo so um, when we look at plastics um, maybe a little bit away from the battery but when we looked at plastics where normally there were only like five kilograms that got dismantled um, because we never really could identify the different types of plastics when we dismantled them and um, with this dismantling dashboard we were we were able to identify 25 kilograms of really clean plastics that we could dismantle and went through a new recycling stream so um, we could we could get better in this process already um, and this was just the beginning to show to show what is possible um, now we are looking for for aluminium for this well, to identify the aluminium as well and when we get the information just in time um, from the automotive chain, then we can build up really good processes. And when I look into the future, then we will be able to build up cars and something like a metaverse and dismantling them on a line um, that is maybe not there today, but when we can build up digital trends from cars, then we will be able to dismantle them on a dismantling line as well. Um, at the moment, it's still a lot of manual work because we don't have this digital trends for, for example, for Germany, we have about 
I think 58 million cars right now on the streets um, and they don't have this digital trim that we will have in the future but when we have them then we can build up completely new processes and I'm excited because I think we could build up the standards right now for this digital recycling world in the future um, but also um, we could get an impact on the on the producing side as well because we really get in touch with uh, with the OEMs and they talk with us okay what is your pain point in the recycling way and batteries were a very big part that we talked about because at the moment we were just able to dismantle them and we don't really had a, a business case to to bring them to sh shredding companies and Right now, they're building up. There are a lot of companies that are jumping on this train and build up recycling, uh, um, big recycling centers for batteries. And I think it's very exciting um, to see who will win this race at the end. Um, at the moment, there's just not enough input from the high voltage battery cars. The batteries don't really get to the dismantling companies at the moment, but they will. They really will in the future. We just have to wait a little bit longer and then um, we will see how the battery pass, how all these apps from Katina X will really shape the future. And uh, you, uh, if you don't heard about Katina X, please just look up on the website. Uh, you can look the videos. I think they're pretty good and they give you uh, they give you a very good um, insight what's in for you because this this is really what Katina X is about. It's not only the battery pass, it's not only this uh, the traceability app that's inside of it. Um, there, it's like a cake, and hopefully for everyone um, is a good uh, piece of cake there. <laughs> Great, thank you, Marius. I'm excited for lots of cake. <laughs> that's good to hear. I like the analogy. Yeah, um, maybe to add up on this, so of course, if we share also more information, then um, let's say there would be also potential for new companies to join, um, for instance, recycling capacities. And I think we all know that they need to be built uh, for the future. Um, now that batteries are really, <laughs> well, with the, with the rise of um, e-cars and so on. So if then those new recycling company companies that would be producing black mass or doing hydrometallurgy, if um, they would then really know what, um, what they can work with, what, what's inside uh, of a car, then it would of course help them also to evolve their business. But I think it's also, let's say it's um, not, a, not a business opportunity for a new company, but I think it's a really interesting business opportunity for existing ones, the feedback to design. So indeed, if in the end of a life cycle, you find a way to, um, to close the loop and also to, let's say, tell those companies that are producing, um, that are producing cells or um, cathodactive materials um, about the material composition, um, in terms of uh, how easy or complex it is to be recycled. In terms of dismantling, um, cell to pack versus cell to module and so on, um, what do recyclers think then also 
companies then producing cells, modules, batteries, they would really have huge value um, developing their products going further or maybe taking their products back uh, for, um, for recycling. So I think it's also not to be forgotten about this feedback to design aspect. Totally, and this is this just opens up right now. Um, I think greenwashing is still big in the industry, but um, at the moment, for me, just my personal um, experience is that the OEMs really care about um, to get better, to change the status quo, and uh, they didn't start now. They started years ago to to translate the the producing process and uh, they really try to put the, the sustainability aspect in front and i think this is this is a completely mindset change because when i think back the 10 years ago like there was like no company on the market that put it, the sustainability so in front like it's right now um, and they really want to change um, and when we what also changed is they start listening they start listening about the whole automotive chain and they know that they cannot solve the problem by their own the problems that we are challenging right now in the automotive industry that are bigger than the single companies. And when you understand this, then you understand what you have to change and that we have to collaborate. And yeah, I'm just excited. Um, <laughs> I'm a fan of Katina X, I would call it like this, because I see this huge opportunities that we will have in the future. And um, to go through the whole automotive chain um, when we look at the battery recycling process. This is something that uh, uh, I can explain you with the catalysators as well. When you look at the recycling process from a catalysator right now, then you have like 1000 catalysators and you bring them to a company, they break them, they measure them and then you get um, then you get back uh, the result, how much uh, rhodium, how much platinum was, for example, inside um, of these 1000 catalysators. And then you have a, a value behind it. At the moment, it's always that they really have to measure it before uh, or after the recycling process. When you know what's inside of your charge, um, before you go through the recycling process and then it totally changed the whole process because then you already know what's inside the box i would call it like this and then you can um, go with a completely different business model on it and this is what katina x really enables um, this was not possible uh, back in the days Great, thanks so much for sharing. And I think there's also three questions um, coming in. First one's from Mark. Mark, would you like to come on stage or are you maybe not able to speak? If not, that, that's not an issue and I can ask also some questions for you. Um, okay, for everybody as well. Okay, so there may be 
If Mark, you cannot join stage, no problem. So the first question was, are Asian OEMs participating in data sharing? I think we need to take a look actually at the list of, uh, of the current Catanix members. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm, I do not uh, know exactly each company that is uh, um, that is uh, that has joined already the um, association and the initiative. So we can take a look at, at the list. Maris, maybe you have. So there's a big interest, um, of course, um, at the moment, um, but. Uh, not but the the initiative was founded in Germany and went through Europe. Um, we uh, already got in touch with the USA and uh, Japan as well, and we really look to looking forward to make it globally. Um, and there's a lot of interest at the moment, um, but we really need to get a better understand or. We need to bring out the standards that we developed, and uh, the people have to get a, get more trust into into the standards that we bring with us. But we really know that we need the Asian OEMs also inside of the Catatina X network to to bring it all together. Um, we all know how big this market is, and without them, Catina X will not uh, fly so high that it could. Great, thank you. And also, I found a PDF with all of the different companies who are part of it. So I'm just putting it here also in the in the chat if people want to read it. All of the, at least the current ones, should be listed there. So maybe you want to have a look. Um, otherwise, also, I will go to the next question, maybe from Mark, before we go to Wadeup. Second question was here, why aren't large dismantlers becoming battery recyclers? So at the moment, there are a lot of recyclers that are going exactly this way. Um, they, uh, when you look at companies, um, I will not, uh, when you look at the bigger companies like a BISF or when you look at um, Romondis or, or Mercedes-Benz um, also, um, they are are all developing new recycling processes for high voltage batteries. Um, but they all struggle with the input as well at the moment. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, there's too less input at the moment for this huge shreddering machines um, that they have to build because otherwise um, the, there is no, no good value out of it. You have to think it really big that the process makes makes sense. And at the moment, there's not enough material in the market to 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 run this big shredding companies. And uh, when you look at the dismantlers right now in Europe, then they have a different business model. Dismantlers have their main focus on dismantling automotive parts and sell them into a second life. And uh, they always put this first. This, uh, the second step is to go to a remanufacturing process. And just the third step is a real raw material recycling. And um, the, the, they just prioritize the reuse over the battery recycling process. Um, and this is like the, the main case when you can 
uh, sell a battery for a reuse, you will get a lot of more money out of it than uh, when you would bring it just to a normal recycling process. So reuse is at the moment like a lot better um, if you just look at the monetary um, uh, on the money um, that you get out of it. Great, thank you. I think Redov, you have another question on that or a thought? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Simon. Uh, so I had a question on this. Uh, let's say you decide to onboard an OEM today and a second life deployer uh, on your platform today. So it's not, I, I assume that it won't be as simple as just onboarding them and having a handshake and, uh, you know, they'll be able to offtake their material and deploy it in some second life. Uh, the whole process of building a second life product has to start very early on. Let's say if you are developing a high voltage battery pack for your car, so you'll have to start looking for the suitable second life deployer uh, who can build products out of these batteries, uh, no matter at what stage of life they are at. So how do you go about solving such uh, trivial issues uh, in this whole value chain? Uh, and furthermore, uh, in India, I'm aware of a battery waste management rule that mandates the OEMs to tie up with the recyclers on day zero itself and to produce certificates to the government that they have handed over the material and to also uh, show a bit of a chain of custody that this is how the material went through. Uh, however, in Europe, uh, I'm not aware of any uh, any such government mandates in place. If they are, uh, I'd be happy to know more about that. Uh, so what's your thought on, uh, you know, these things not being in place and that causing a bit of uh, lack of uh, synchro synchronization? Yeah, maybe um, I will try to answer your question as best, uh, as, best as I could. Um, so at the moment, uh, Katina X helps us to to find the right partners. Um, when earlier, when we didn't have Katina X, we weren't able to get in touch with, with the automotive chain or with the, uh, with the cell producer or with the, um, for example, um, with the battery module producer, we were just not able to get in touch with them. And um, later on, there will be also a marketplace to uh, on Katina X to sell services as well. And uh, this is what we figure out right now, um, that we can get in touch with them and build up this business models, what you have talked about very, very early. And um, we, we will try to focus on this, but the companies have to do this a little bit by their own. Katina X is just like the helping tool that they could use, but the business model behind it that is something that the companies have to figure out for themselves always. Um, and with the, with the law, what you described in India, I'm not firm with this. Um, I cannot really give you like insights out of it. Sorry for that. Understood. Understood. Good. Thank you. And I think maybe uh, feel free to keep uh, more questions coming as well in the chat or Mayana also has his hand up. So I will get you up here first. Hi, man. Are you able to join us? I think right now we don't see you here yet. Um, otherwise, feel free to keep trying. Um, at least on my end, you should be invited. Um, another quick question I have for you also, Myros, um, from just from a first-hand experience, because I think there's not too many, many people who have this experience 
um, you know, um, being on the dismantling side. Um, maybe some of the you know differences you have observed now with batteries, or how is it you know how what are big differences, or whether maybe challenges, but also opportunities to move to EVs um, from a dismantling standpoint. Honestly, it's not a rocket science. It's more about uh, it's about safety rules that you have to follow um, because high voltage batteries are not fun. They're really not fun. They're much more critical than than a normal um, car that we had before. Um, and when you look at the dismantler, what a dismantler is doing right now in Germany, then um, you just dismantle a battery pack. You don't dismantle single modules. You just dismantle the battery pack. And at the moment, you can sell them as reuse when you have like um, write the right tests for it that you can really prove that the battery is not damaged at all and you can sell them to people who have the right certificates for it um, but it's really not rocket science it's more about getting more and more firm with the safety rules behind it with the with the access and with your business case, pretty much. Um, maybe there are dismantlers also that are dismantling batteries on module level, but at the moment, this is not common sense. This is, this is a little bit too deep because you need different tools to dismantle the battery so deep. You have to follow much more straighter safety rules as well. So at the moment, it really looks like that a dismantler just dismantled the battery pack, put it into a box, uh, measure uh, the state of health, measure um, uh, if the high voltage battery still has some voltage inside of it, and then we just uh, they just sell it or they send it to uh, this uh, to recycling factories that are from from my understanding then um, dismantle the single modules out of the uh, battery pack and bring them to the shredding process cool thank you for sharing and now Mariana, would you like to go next yes simon thank you maria and thank you marius for that very interesting topic to cover. Uh, my question is if you, the members of Catina X, <clears throat> did you see a movement to to going deeper on the repurpose and, and that means uh, in, 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 the, in, in that case that the that you asked the battery uh, manufacturer uh, as a vehicle OEM that, uh, that the design of the batteries uh, and in cell level and in module and pack or cell to pack uh, that it's let's say easy to repurpose and to change uh, let's say change single cells than not changing all the pack that we saw we saw in the warranty also we saw many videos on youtube you can see many videos on youtube when <clears throat> when some oems has uh, well, some, when some user has let's say uh, some warranty uh, with the batteries than let's say change a pack then that's the user what they, they saw eh? but they, they change the pack in in all and yeah okay that's it but definitely after the warranty then we see that they are trying to change not the pack uh, at all because it's uh, it's costly then they, they change but my question is uh, did you see some movements on the oem side that looking at uh, at the cell level to change that and to easily repurpose and 
reuse. Thank you. I mean, um, they should they should make it. Uh, they uh, but it's not a it's not a Katina X thing. I'm not completely sure if this is in the new battery regulation uh, uh, on the European level inside as well. Um, but when we look at the high voltage batteries that we have dismantled in the last years, then it never really was that you just have a single damaged module inside of the battery. Um, this is not how a battery um, how, how can I describe it as best? Um, normally, when you have a high voltage battery, then it's not that a single module breaks down. This is not like how the battery, um, how the battery is, is damaged the most of the time. Um, um, normally, it's like that your whole uh, status, uh, status of health drops down um, and this the most of the time over all the modules. It's not that a single module is damaged and they lose the state of health, like for example, 20% and you just have to change this one model and then uh, you fix the problem. Um, this is not how a high voltage battery is, is working. Um, only when you have like a like a damaged battery from an incident, for example, then you can change single modules, but only like the experts uh, can do this. And this is uh, not the recyclers that are doing this. Um, these are like always the, uh, the, the producer of the battery packs um, uh, that can do this because Otherwise, um, it's not possible when a module is damaged to give a warranty again on these modules. Uh, we, we in Germany we can simply don't give it. There are no certificates that uh, we can um, bring the battery back into the market, um, and we cannot uh, give a certificate that it's proven already again. Um, but I've heard about this as well that they need to to um, put the reuse and remanufacturing um, on a higher level of interest because we have seen uh, there are different types of high voltage batteries. We have nickel cobalt mangan batteries that are normally pretty easy, but we also have nickel cobalt um, I just know the German word, sorry for this, uh, Eisenphosphat, um, that are the batteries that are norma normally um, not so, there, there's not a lot of value behind of it. Um, they're, they're cheaper and the thickness of energy is not so much inside of it. And they are a little bit critical. Um, to, to recycle and go the recycling way with them because uh, they they are a different type of battery inside of it. It's, you cannot easily change the modules out of it, even for the recycling process. Thank you. Thank you, Marius. You, uh, if, if, if I may ask uh, a, a question that uh, relates with, with, the, with the, your response, what, uh, if, you, if you know, what are the, <clears throat> the members of the Catina X uh, thinking about the LFP that's make um, somehow not always business maybe or, or what what if, if you know something else uh, about that could be great 
I didn't get the whole uh, question, um, but I tried to answer it as best as possible. Um, I cannot really talk for the Katina X um, association. I can only talk for myself. And um, at the moment, uh, it looks like that the LFP high voltage batteries are not so easy to recycle, and they really have to think about how to how to challenge this. But Katina X can for sure help to bring the experts together, and um, maybe to build up business cases uh, from taking back systems up to um, new recycling processes. And Katina X can help to get a better understanding of what's inside of the battery because um, you cannot uh, bring um, LFP high voltage battery together with a nickel cobalt mangan battery, then you <laughs> the whole charge is completely destroyed. You cannot bring them together in a recycling process. You can only bring LFP um, batteries to, uh, with LFP batteries together in a recycling process and the nickel cobalt mangan batteries together in one recycling process. And the most of the time, it's always about input, like how much you can get together to to start this recycling process and um, when you have enough lfp batteries then there will maybe at some point um, also be a value out of it to build up a recycling process for them but at the moment uh, as i mentioned earlier there's just not enough input to handle this batteries but i'm not really sure how uh, the the companies in the consortia or even the companies that are not in the consortia have a solution for this at the moment. But it's not a Katina X um, thing. It's more that Katina X could help to handle this problem, but will not uh, bring the solution for it. Thank you, Marius. Uh, and uh, excuse me for this uh, uh, bad connection. Uh, but no worries. Wi-Fi no worries. connection. Uh, but great, great insights. Great, thank you. Yeah, we, we're getting also towards the end of today's session. I'm just curious also, maybe Maria, anything you would like to add, maybe also, and then of course, Miles as well, maybe some of the opportunities to say, you know, like for something to happen, of course, there's also other, you know, as you mentioned, also changes happening, regulatory changes, like battery regulation, battery passports, things like that. But also, yeah, maybe, you know, what are some things you think, what could be like the, the potential also in, in next evolution, right? Like, you know, be it that every organization, every individual, everyone knows all of the, you know, important data to them or things like this, or what, where, where do you see it for the future potentially? Well, it would be, if I could make a wish, <laughs> that there is no waste uh, in the future. You know, that uh, we as, um, as companies as, or as individuals also, um, manage to make a world uh, a better place where everything is being reused, remanufactured, that not all the time new resources are being uh, being used, but rather the secondary ones. Um, I mean, this is also why um, we have um, also from the SAP side build, been building solutions um, such as the marketplace, secondary marketplace that Marius has mentioned. Um, indeed, where to really make sure that uh, you know companies that have certain uh, certain ways or components to sell that they can do so, that companies that can handle this waste or old components to remanufacture them, 
that they find each other, that they that this demand and supply comes together, that information that is needed for it about uh, bit production information, material composition, or anything else, is being available and being shared. Um, I mean, in the end, really, what it comes down to providing as much value for certain companies as possible, but. I mean, it might sound really big, making the world a bigger place, but this is something that really fascinates me in Katenaix, that, you know, all of the companies and we as individuals working there um, really want to make a difference and find solutions. I mean, it might be really hard and there, there might be, you know, some process difficulties or technological differences that um, uh, what Marius now mentioned, for instance, with LFP, um, LFP batteries. But in the end, we are all working towards one common goal. Great, thank you, Maria. And Marius? I think for me, it's not only about the companies, it's about the people behind it, as Maria mentioned. Um, when I first heard about the Katina X initiative, um, I really expected that this will fail like any other big project um, would try to aim on these targets. And at the moment, they showed that uh, when people come together and challenge the future uh, in a way with technology together that they really can make a change and um, change the society into a better place and um, i always hear that sustainability is expensive and um, we figured out in katina x that this is pretty much a lie sometimes um, and it's it's more an excuse to don't to don't aim for for different targets uh, that they had in the past and I think we can really make this change with Katina and it, it can help us to trust each other a little bit more and um, take this as uh, how I can describe it, um, pretty much as the starting point. It's the starting point to really change something in, in this world. And um, hopefully this change will help to grow, but there will also be companies that will not be able to get this change, this technical change. Do I like this? No, but I think also this is completely necessary um, because the challenges that we are facing, that are, they are not fun. They are not, uh, they are not, okay, we can do this in 10 years. We have to challenge, to challenge them now and we have to do it with a power that no single company has. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what's coming out in the next years from Katina and um, hopefully we only hear the best. Thank you for this and for this also really interesting. Yeah, and I just really want to say a big thank you for both of you to, to share your insights with us. Glad to hear that you're so passionate about it. That's good to hear. And I think, yeah, we need to, you know, I think we're all in for collaboration. I think that also brings many of us in this room today as well. 
and to see how we can support each other. So really big thank you for both to you, Maria and Marius, for, for sharing insights with us. Of course, also everyone asking the questions, including Mark, Mano, Babaf, and everyone else to listen. And um, yeah, please um, stay in touch if you if you wish so. If you have any other questions, feel free to also reach us maybe on LinkedIn or so. And otherwise, we're looking forward to another of these sessions, discussions in about a month's time, where it's on the first Saturday of the month. So with this, just a big thanks to everyone. I wish you all a good weekend. Thank you so much. Same to you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the audience. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.